here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott are here in the afterglow of week one in the NFL. We have one more game to play. We have Seattle-Denver coming up uh, in just a little bit as we record this. But most of the heavy lifting's been done uh, Thursday night. We had a, a heck of a game. Uh, Rams-Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo really kind of took them to task. And the slate yesterday was amazing. Again, you, you really got to see a lot of your picks, your prognosticating all come down to one week. And now everybody is, uh, you know, man in the bridges for all the, the calls you didn't make and guys you circled your wagons around. But uh, hopefully everybody out there did pretty well. Uh, I myself had a little trouble of my eight leagues. Uh, looks like I'm going to go one and seven. But it's week one, uh, and again, you know, things happen for a reason. So we'll see what happens on that level. Pat, uh, I know you're in a, a few yourself. How would you make out yesterday? I think I think I'm going to basically go 500. I mean, assuming Cortland Sutton has a halfway decent game tonight, I should go 500. I think I have him in almost every league. So uh, just just hoping that he has a decent game and, and gets me up to about 500. I, I know in some of your leagues. Uh, we were talking before the the podcast here that you know some of your your teams that you lost this week were a little some of those teams you're you're kind of rebuilding uh, or yeah, you know, whatever. One, so yeah, the one yeah, it's not a true like one in seven. You're you're kind of I probably like one two. in four. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. out of the ones that actually you know you're trying to win. Like in in our league of record, you know you didn't have a pick until the ninth round. You're not really expected to compete in that league. So. Nope. Um, you know, you do, you got some some pieces though. So if you know if you want to try to build from there, you probably can. But I think uh, the big. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yep, these guys are available. Uh, if anybody's <laughs> listening, uh, just send offers first and seconds only. Uh, yeah, and one one of the dynasty leagues, I just went full tank from the jump. But no, I know what you mean. But it's still uh, disheartening, you know, to wake up in the morning and think, man, I sucked that bad. But hey, again, it's week one. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and it's just like it's just like week one in the NFL as far as. You know, some of these teams that we may have thought were going to dominate their matchups that ended up, you know, not necessarily doing so. I mean, I think the Bengals were a pretty big favorite against the Steelers. They end up losing in overtime. 49ers were a real big favorite against the Bears and end up losing. Now that game had a little bit of a impact from the weather, but uh, it was still, you know, both teams have to play in it and both teams had good rushing quarterbacks. And, you know, I still expected the 49ers defense to show up and, you know, that just didn't happen. You know, a couple other good games that uh, Colts and Texans came down and, and, you know, we got our first tie of the regular season in week one. So I'm sure Colts fans are probably not happy about that. Texans fans may be uh, a little bit more happy, but uh, a lot of really good games and, and some surprises. The Giants get a win over Tennessee, which I thought was a little bit surprising. So uh, what we're going to do today, hopefully here, is, ho- you know, get into some of these things that we saw in week one some of the things that we learned and hopefully put some of those observations to use and make some changes to our fantasy rosters. We're going to do our week two waiver wire pickups and we're going to do our start sits for week two as well. But before we do that, we want to announce the winner of our signed Darius Slay Jersey giveaway. The winner of that contest was Odin Horn of Powder Springs, Georgia. So we got that 
Yeah, there was like that's a real clap. That's not even like a that's not even a sound effect. <laughs> hey, hey, I, we, we try hard here at the nine. Let me tell you, no, 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 it's real. This isn't fake. This is real. But uh, yes, congratulations, and uh, that jersey is in the mail. So hopefully, you should be receiving it soon. Uh, hopefully, before this episode comes out, you you would have received that jersey. So uh, congratulations once again, and again for our future contest, folks. Make sure that you're following us on social media. We are at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco. And if you have any questions or tips or uh, anything you want to hear us talk about on the podcast, please feel free to email us at the nine route FFB at gmail.com. And I actually had somebody tell me, uh, is it nine like spelled out or is it the number nine? Uh, everything that we have is, is the number nine. So the nine route FFB at gmail.com, our website. Uh, www.the9routeffb. It's all the number nine. So uh, when you're going online to uh, to look for us, or if you're looking for our podcast, whether it be on you know Apple Podcasts or you know iHeartRadio, wherever you, wherever you're listening to your podcast, put in the the number nine and then route, and that should pop up. So if we got anything else? We'll just jump right into the news. Well, I mean, no. I, I, congratulations, Odin. I, I mean, you know, we're we're glad to get that out, and again, that just shows people. Uh, if you like, uh, listen, subscribe, get involved in our contest. We're having a lot of fun doing this. Uh, this is year two. So, again, uh, more jerseys, prizes coming out for those uh, that might be interested. And, again, we, we hope that our biggest thing is we hope you enjoyed listening and we hope that we can help you. You know, maybe just make that one gut call or or give you a little bit of a you know agreement in something that you thought on your own or, or make you learn something new. Again, we're, we're doing this ourselves. We're having a good time. But at the end of the day we just really want everybody out there to to really enjoy it we have a lot of fun doing it so yeah no let's let's definitely jump in time for the news uh the injury news uh wouldn't be a week of football without injuries no one's ever fully healthy we know that is a fact when you listen to some of the veterans when they talk you know even if they're healthy and available they're they're never going to be 100%. Nobody is. Uh, everybody everybody is day to day literally. <laughs> Everybody's um, banged up at some Yeah, yeah, oh, some, yeah. yeah some of us uh you know self-induced and some you know uh <laughs> not so much. But probably the biggest news to come out of yesterday on the injury front if you were watching Sunday night football was Dak Prescott, a fractured thumb. Uh, it was kind of like a freak injury, it wasn't anything crazy, just forward motion of a throw. Uh, got involved with a defender coming at him, and it's looking like a six to eight week timetable for Dak Prescott. I just heard that he he did have surgery today. It was successful, and the six to eight week timetable is what they're looking at uh, as far as a return for for Prescott. So that's that's been confirmed by the surgeon that uh, that did the surgery for his thumb. Yeah, uh, he actually did better. Considering the game that he had, he did better than Aaron Rodgers in our league of record. Um, if that says anything <laughs> for you, well, the, uh, the injury did happen very late. I think he came yeah. out, you know, less than half or more than halfway through the fourth quarter. So he he got to play most of the game. I mean, you wouldn't have been able to tell by the score anyway because uh, the Bucks just completely owned the Cowboys I, in that. That was brutal. Game, so. I almost, yeah. I almost felt like I should feel bad for Dallas, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no. uh, yeah, but, to get beat that bad and lose your starting quarterback, that, that is, uh, yeah. that is not the way you want to start the season if you're any yeah. team. Uh, speaking of not starting the season well, Elijah Mitchell also injured. Uh, he played about a quarter and then came out of the game. He was actually doing pretty well. I, I believe he was six for forty-one on the ground. 
uh, you know, not doing too bad. And then uh, turns out he sprained his MCL. Also looks like about a six to eight week return for him. Uh, those those MCLs are they're tough because even after it's like a you know it's just like any other sprained you know muscle joint tendon any of that stuff you're you're the risk of re-injuring those things after you come back is is a little bit higher as well. So Mitchell's a, a guy that performed well last year, but did did miss a few games here and there due to injury. Looks like he's going to be out for about half of the season to start this one. So I'm not really sure if you have him on your roster. Hopefully you have an IR spot you can throw him in. If not, you know, with, with the way San Francisco works, he may come back and not have a job anymore if somebody else is, is playing well behind him. We're going to get into some guys to pick up from that. Uh, from the 49ers on our, in our waiver wire pickups, but uh, tough break for Mitchell because he he looked really good last year and looked pretty good to start this this game uh, against the Bears, even though uh, you know, like I said, the weather was was pretty pretty crappy down there. Yeah, uh, you know, Trey Sermon was let go. Eagles actually picked him up uh, right after that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tyrion Davis Price and and all those guys, like you said, we'll talk about. But it is a tough blow. Uh, you hate to see that happen, and maybe the weather had a factor. Speaking of another uh, injury that doesn't maybe seem as serious, X rays were negative, but Mac Jones, they think it was more of back spasms, but he was having some uh, was having some issues. Obviously, Brian Hoyer and and rookie Bailey Zapp were uh, ready, willing, and able to to help out down there or up there, I should say, in New England, depending on where to you help live. them lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and again, that 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 yeah. team itself does look like they might actually be in the death throes of you know the dynasty that they had been. Uh, again, Brady long gone, the coach is there, but. It just it's a weird thing with the offensive coordinator stuff and everything else, but but seeing Mac Jones again struggled and Miami's hungry. You know they had been getting beat up for years by that team, so those division games are definitely going to be tough. But I think uh, I think Mac Jones is a decent quarterback, but you know at the same time with what they've given him as weapons, they got Devontae Parker, that's great. Uh, but again, for two thirteen, one touchdown, one pick, fairly pedestrian, lost a fumble, uh, and again if you're if your back's hurting from trying to carry your team and you can't do it. That's, <laughs> it's not your fault. You know, things happen, but it, it, it definitely stinks to see again, another week one, especially with the quarterback. That's the the top position in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, T Higgins also injured this week, uh, came out of that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers a little bit late with a concussion. If, if you've played fantasy football, if you've had any guys on your team, with concussions, you know that these concussion protocols in the NFL, they're, they're not, uh, there's no set timetable. It's not like you get a concussion and you're back in, you know, five days. It's a, it's a very nonlinear process as far as, you know, going from being diagnosed with a concussion to being cleared and able to play again. There's guys who, you know, get through and, and move through that concussion protocol pretty quickly. And then some guys do it a little bit more slowly. Some guys move through it and then end up, you know, sort of backing up and, and some of the, the symptoms seem to come back and rear their ugly heads again. So, you know, just keep keep listening to, you know, the, the news. Usually, you know, I'm sure if you're playing fantasy football, you're paying attention, you know, Saturday, Sunday, as far as, you know, the injury reports and stuff like that. So just keep your eye out, see if T. Higgins is playing uh, this week. If not, looks like Tyler Boyd may, uh, may get his shot to – to step up and be the number two wide receiver option in that offense. So, uh, you know, if you got Tyler Boyd or if he's available on your waiver wire, that wouldn't be a terrible uh, pickup this week as well. 
No, uh, Boyd's always been a pretty good wide receiver. Just kind of got, you know, pushed down to the third spot based on Higgins and and obviously Jamar Chase. But uh, yeah, Boyd's definitely going to be a guy. Hayden Hurst there is tight end. Uh, might get a little more involvement too in the passing game. They never know. Also, Keenan Allen. He's been healthy for the last few years. If those that remember Pat, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I hate to pick a scab, but <laughs> you were uh, you were all in on Keenan Allen's first few years, and and God, if he didn't get hurt almost every year for what two three years right off the bat, and it, it sucked because you saw so much potential and and the ability that he had, and then he finally was able to stay healthy, and he's been one of the better top five, six, seven wide receivers in the league for the last couple of years. Uh, hamstring. That's a weird one. We got another guy behind us with the same thing. Hamstrings could be something basic, and it just gets managed over the season, and maybe he's not at top speed or, or you know, again, ability. As of right now, we haven't heard back, you know, whether or not that's something that, God forbid, would need surgery or anything like that. Hopefully not. To see him go out, obviously, is one of the key pieces of that Los Angeles Chargers offense. You know, everybody likes themselves some Mike Williams. Uh, DeAndre Carter, former Eagle, love you, uh, had a heck of a game stepping up, and, and some people were high on him. You have some other options out there, obviously. We'll, we'll talk about maybe one or two there. But uh, Keenan Allen being uh, an unknown currently with the hamstring, uh, hopefully everything works out. You'll probably hear something shake out probably by the end of the day or, or early tomorrow as far as what his outcome is going to be, if it's going to be just a week-to-week thing or if it's something a little more serious. So. Hopefully he gets back on the field real soon. Uh, I think in the initial injury reports come out on Wednesday. I think most teams don't put injury reports out or, or really practice, um, officially practice on Tuesdays. So probably Wednesday will be the first time you hear, you know, see him on the injury report and, and see what's going on with that. One other quick injury, we had Chris Godwin also with a hamstring injury. His looks a little bit more severe. They said he could be out roughly two to four weeks. I don't think this is necessarily a terrible thing. I mean, it's not good that ha- that uh, Godwin went down again, but he was already on a pitch count from the ACL surgery that he's recovering from. So uh, for him to have to sit now for, for another two to four weeks, you know, maybe that's possibly what they should have done in the first place. And, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not blaming the coaches or anything like that for, for Godwin's injury, but to come back that quickly, I mean, he, he injured the ACL in December, and it's, you know, it's only September right now. So, you know, that, that's a pretty quick turnaround. I know that with modern medicine, those things are happening faster now. But I think Godwin probably should have sat anyway. Um, but, you know, again, with this with this new hamstring injury, he's going to be benched for uh, on the sidelines for a few more weeks. So uh, if you got any Chris Godwin shares on your fantasy football team, again, you know, not a guy that you're going to be dropping. You're going to probably put him in your IR spot if you got one. Pick up. You know, some other of the options there in Tampa, Russell Gage probably available. Julio Jones may even be available in your league. So gonna, those guys are going to see a lot more targets uh, until Godwin gets back in, in a few weeks. So, Yeah, no, I, I, like you just said, a, two things made me laugh. A, the modern medicine, I just thought of like Civil War, God forbid, you know, sawing everything off. But uh, the worst part being, I think his agent was probably like, hey, Chris, uh, you think you can go? Because, you know, you got Gage there now, you got Julio. I th- I think he felt pushed a little bit, maybe on a personal level, once to get back because, uh, you know, he's a heck of a competitor and a great wide receiver. But, yeah, it did, uh, did stink to see him, you know, try to get back in and, and just couldn't make it happen with that. So hopefully, yes, uh, 
you know, the, the recovery from his surgery on his ACL doesn't have anything to factor in. And this isn't anything that, you know, stretches out throughout his career. Yeah. It wasn't a re injury of the ACL, which is good. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah. it's just a different injury. And, and that could have been from compensating from the ACL. It could have just been a, a freak injury. It could have been from him not running full speed, uh, you know, in training camp up until, you know, just like two weeks ago. And, and, you know, maybe his, his muscles were not, uh, were not, in football shape, as they say. So, you know, who knows? But uh, the, the Bucks will be moving forward without him. You'll have to move forward without him on your fantasy teams for, for at least for a few more weeks. All right. Well, that was all the fantasy-relevant injury news. Let's, uh, let's move into the Week 2 waiver wire. Weekly waiver. All right, so Jeff Wilson is the top of my list. Uh, I know that Scott and I both added a few different guys to this list. You know, we're going to talk about a little bit about both of them, but uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. was the guy who came in for the injured Elijah Mitchell, took most of the running back work after Mitchell was hurt, has been number two on the depth chart since basically the middle of training camp, and uh, does does seem like the most reasonable option to sort of take over as the number one running back there in San Francisco. Uh, you had mentioned Tyrion Davis-Price, who was their, uh, I believe, third-round or fourth-round pick this year. And uh, he looked really good in training camp as well, so he's a guy that you might want to stash on your bench if you've got an extra bench spot. Uh, go ahead and pick him up. I, I've also heard a lot of good things uh, about an undrafted free agent that they signed, a kid by the name of Jordan Mason. I know, um, I know he's already picked up in a few of our dynasty leagues, uh, his name has been floated out there in some of the the deeper, you know, deeper fantasy circles. He's he's the type of running back that Shanahan likes, and you know, he's a little bit bigger bodied, the type of body who can you know sort of take a, a an NFL uh, pounding uh, workload, so to speak. And uh, Shanahan does like him, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him mixed in a little bit and possibly getting some some more touches later on down the road if he looks good. He could potentially, I mean. Elijah Mitchell was an undrafted rookie as well. So, or now I think he was, I'm sorry, he was a sixth round rookie. So, you know, draft capital does not necessarily matter uh, to Kyle Shanahan. It's, it's who's playing well and, and, you know, who can help the team win. So uh, I would, I would pick up any of those guys, but in that order, in that order for me, Jeff Wilson, Jr., Tyrion Davis price, and then Jordan Mason. Next up, we're looking at a running back who was saw cut right at the end of training camp and quickly signed. Uh, I personally had uh, Mike Davis on my team starting, figuring, okay, you know, Kenyon Drake, you get picked up. Maybe you've got to learn the playbook. Nah, it didn't quite happen that way. (laughs) Um, You know, the Ravens love to run the football. We know that for a fact. And Lamar Jackson is the de facto RB1, all jokes aside. But for Mike Davis, two carries, uh, 11 yards. He averaged Average 5.5 a carry. Hey, if I got points for that, that'd have been great. But now Kenyon Drake looks to right now maybe be the top guy. He's got fresher legs. He's got the Alabama pedigree. He had 11 carries. He also had a reception for 15 yards on one target. So, you know, again, it wasn't like he was being utilized heavily out of the backfield. That offense is in a little bit of a flux, so to speak. Um, Obviously, Hollywood Brown leaving. Uh, left a little bit of a hole. Rashad Bateman, Deborah Duvernay finally stepped up and looked to maybe be the kind of player they thought they were getting out of Texas. And we know Mark Andrews is there as well. Uh, I think that, you know, Mike Davis, we we still try to harken back to him maybe saving your season if you had McCaffrey go down a few years back in Carolina. 
couldn't get done much in Atlanta uh, with a big free agent contract and then slides over to Baltimore, which everybody's waiting for J.K. Dobbins, maybe Gus Edwards to come back from injuries. But uh, it still looks like he got Wally pipped in a sense almost here where, <laughs> yeah, Kenyon Drake is uh, Kenyon Drake is the DJ to me being Mike Davis. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> No, it, it definitely looks like that. Uh, he's a guy, honestly, if the Eagles or, or a lot of teams, I think we're probably interested in, but Baltimore with that run first, uh, pounded style, he could be a guy that, again, if he's getting 11 carries in game one, uh, he could be 15 to 20 carries a game, getting yardage and maybe making some plays out of the backfield. So maybe a, a solid flex pickup for you. Uh, but at the same time, he definitely looks to be the top running back in Baltimore. Curtis Samuels also on the on our waiver wire list. Uh, he ended the game against Jacksonville with 11 targets, which led the team. Went eight for 55 at a touchdown. Uh, Washington actually quietly had a, a pretty decent game on offense. Uh, started out pretty slow, but uh, they, they did start to, to come back there and, and sort of make things happen as the day went on. Curtis Samuel was a big part of that. Caught a lot of those really short passes the way he does. That's kind of his his thing. Averaged uh, 6.9 yards per catch so uh, not a guy who is really a, a an explosive you know deep ball guy but if you're playing in a PPR league or you know sometimes even a half PPR league anybody who's getting double digit targets in a week is worth putting on your bench and seeing how it shakes out now you know Terry McLaurin only had four targets this week that could completely flip-flop next week and and is likely to do so I mean McLaurin is still mo- mo- you know the, the most talented receiver on that offense uh at least i believe this could have just been one of those boom games but as we learned last year you want to pick these guys up early and just stack up just stash them on your bench see if the usage continues and if it does you've got yourself you know a, a really good player for free if it doesn't you know what's the big deal you, you just drop him and you and you pick up somebody else and you hope that you know the the, the person that you pick up becomes something that's kind of how you uh, should be rotating your bench at the beginning of the season is, is grabbing these guys uh, who who've shown that they can do something in week one and then, you know, see if they can sustain that moving forward. Speaking of double digit targets, we have Donovan Peoples Jones. He has been, you know, quietly at a good game here or there for, for maybe a, a few minutes, but now looks like he might be the lead wide receiver in uh, well, I, you know, Amari Cooper, it's his first game. I get it. Everybody's going to be higher on him. But uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, six catches, 60 yards, 11 targets. Amari Cooper finished second with six. Uh, again, first game, obviously, sure. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is not Deshaun Watson. He's not Baker Mayfield. He's Jacoby Brissett. He's a, he's a good quarterback, uh, you know, can manage games and things like that and uh, manage to walk out of there with a win. Ironically, Baker Mayfield coming, uh, you know, back to face his former team and, and you know, everything there kind of worked out in Cleveland's favor. Uh, a big field goal at the end, won the game. But beyond that, both quarterbacks didn't didn't kill it. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones is, you know, out of Michigan. He's been he's been in the league for a minute. So people know who he is. And again, once in a while, he gets a big game and people jump on him. Could he become the de facto number one or, or just be a favorite of Brissett? The guy's going to be playing more than half the season. So if that's the case, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones 
is probably worthy of a bench spot again based on certain matchups and and things of that nature he could even be worth a flex or a wide receiver to start if this stays to be a trend if he's getting somewhere between seven and ten targets a game um it's probably a pretty good shot now granted amari cooper probably drew the best cornerback coverage and, and you know man-to-man shadow coverage things like that but but to be able to produce on that level um for the sake of maybe a touchdown uh suddenly donovan people's jones is is in a whole different stratosphere that we're talking about now closing in almost 12 points in our league of record um for the sake of a touchdown you know was closer to maybe 20 so uh, i think he's a player you might want to keep on your radar yeah i think cooper's going to draw the number one wide receiver i mean the number one cornerback every week so if that's the case then then people's jones should uh you know should continue to see you know maybe not 11 targets but uh you know somewhere in that seven eight range per game so that, i think that's pretty good uh in that same game however robbie anderson uh yeah that robbie who? Anderson, who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh he actually led the carolina panthers in targets with eight uh finished five for 102 and a touchdown so I'm talking to 20 fantasy points. He, he finished just over 21. It had a really great game. I mean, remember a couple of years ago, Robbie Anderson was, uh, you know, the, I mean, I think last year, as a matter of fact, he was being drafted in like the sixth or seventh round. There was, you know, all this he, he, two years ago. He had, a, I think he had a thousand yards. Um, you know, I'm not looking at his stats, you know, off the, I'm just kind of going off the top of my head here, but I want to say he was, he was over a thousand yards in 2020. He seemed to have a, a really good connection with the quarterback at the time. And now that Baker Mayfield has, has come to the team and Sam Darnold is, you know, the backup, listen, Robbie Anderson, always a decent football player. Uh, you know, even, even back when he played for the terrible jets, you know, he had some really good games, had some some good connection with his quarterbacks back then. So he's not, uh, he was actually, if you remember, he was contemplating retiring this year. Um, and I, I think uh, he's probably thinking his, his lucky stars that he didn't do that. Cause this, uh, this is a really good game for him. And I think if this continues and he can match or, or at least closely match the number of targets that DJ Moore is getting, I think Robbie Anderson's a, a viable option as far as, you know, a guy that you might want to pick up. And, and, you know, like I said, all these guys are just stashes. I mean, for the most part, you're not picking up most of these players and starting them in week two, but you pick them up now and see if, you know, like I said, those targets continue. And if they do, then you said, you've got yourself something. If they don't, then you move on and and try to find the, you know, the next diamond in the rough. Who you're going to talk about a big old diamond right here. Oh, probably wow. rough for you to talk about too. Yeah, it's 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 more. I wouldn't say it's a diamond. It's more like a kidney stone. I think with the way uh, you know, I, I might be forced to uh, to to pass. Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna talk about Rex Burkhead. Uh, I it it, it kind of stinks a little bit, but you know, it is it is what it is. I'm not gonna pick any anybody apart and. and you know, uh, think about anything that 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 could or couldn't be Damian Pierce. I, I'm all about <laughs> Damian Pierce, and yeah, whatever uh, you can laugh. But now, at the end of the day, it, it's you know, it's it's tough. I mean, you're looking at, um, I mean, a veteran running back who everybody looks to him as he's that waiver wire guy. Come like week seven, eight, nine, when you actually have to start cutting guys and, and making moves and somebody's not performing and he's out there. He's, 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 he's a name, he's a face. And it's like, Oh, wow. Wow. He had like a 14 point week last week. I'll be the first guy to grab him. And you do. And then he drops four points 
and then you cut him and he drops 25 points and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing. You've been there. Um, I think we yeah. all have. Oh, it, it's so bad. And that goes back to New England. I mean, same thing. But Even he went back um, to Cincinnati when he was there oh, God. so many years ago. Yes, don't ruin it. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, he's old. Uh, he's 32 years old, but he was definitely the uh, the lead dog uh, in in that. And our league of record, let's see. Uh, he was RB 22 in our league record. Um, you know, a nice little game for him. Uh, he had five catches for 30 yards on eight targets, 14 carries dominating the backfield, so to speak, uh, at a 2.9 per carry clip. <laughs> uh, for 40 yards, Damian Pierce finished just behind him, 11 carries, 33 yards, and did not really get two involved, one catch for six yards. So, it's week one. I'm not sweating it. Right now, Burkhead would be a nice handcuff if you have Pierce. Burkhead might continue to get the usage in an offense that is interesting. Uh, you know, again, a lot of people had the Colts tip to be a pretty solid team this year with Matt Ryan and everything else. Uh, the game ended in a tie. Again, it's week one. I'm not going to sweat it. Rex Burkhead, you should pick him up. You should probably throw him on your bench. Uh, is he a flex start? Not just yet. Rex and the flex is probably a couple weeks away. I think Pierce through practice and getting his first game jitters out of the way should probably start to slide into a little bit more involvement. Yeah, Brett's Burkhead uh, is definitely worthy of a pickup, uh, you know, if you have an open roster spot or somebody who, you know, after week one, you just don't have that feeling about. Yeah, I like it. Flex Burkhead. I, I think that's what we're going to call him from now on. It's a, <laughs> it's a good nickname. Because that's about all he's it's ever going to be good for. You're never putting him in your RB2 spot. I mean, RB1. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another guy from the the Washington Commanders, uh, Jahan Dotson, didn't didn't have a, a huge target game, but did look impressive uh, with the few targets that he did have at five targets, three catches for 40 yards, had two touchdowns. Uh, Carson Wentz definitely looks for this guy uh, in and around the end zone, which is uh, you know a good thing, especially if you're playing in a, in a half or in a, a non-PPR league, in a, in a standard league, you really want to target those guys who are going to get some touchdowns. And, and it looks like, you know, from the preseason, from, you know, uh, us being Philadelphia Eagles fans here, we, you know, we, we follow all of the other teams, at least I follow all of the other teams uh, pretty closely uh, on social media and the NFC East. And a lot of good things coming out of camp about Dotson and, and and it showed in the first week so you know definitely a guy that you, you want to throw on your bench and and see how things play out I think Washington could be one of those teams and Carson Wentz has always been one of those quarterbacks that spreads the ball around so I think between McLaurin Samuel Dotson and I mean if you look Antonio Gibson had a great game receiving as well Wentz is a guy and he's always been successful because he has been a guy who takes what the defense gives him and he did that this week. And, you know, all of these guys got a little bit of action. I think moving forward, you could see, you know, a different guy each week sort of having that breakout week. So maybe difficult to start some of these Washington receivers, but I do suggest picking them up. It was kind of like, if you remember last year, we, we did a lot of uh, waiver wire talks about the Arizona Cardinals uh, wide receivers. And there was some AJ Green talk and there was some, uh, Rondale Moore, you know, would have a game and then, you know, it would be, be different guys, different weeks. I think that the commanders could be heading in that direction this year with their, their wide receiver core. Yeah, definitely. looks like there's some potential there. And I know you and I had talked maybe on and off, uh, on and off mic, not camera, not just yet. 
uh, but that, uh, you know, people are not ready for that. Ah, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> uh, big face reveal coming up. But we are, um, you know, we talked about, you know, Carson Wentz, and I think you were a little less high on him. And I felt like, you know, maybe you had a shot. I love me, the Bronco. I love Carson Wentz. I know things fell so far so fast in Philadelphia. And to see him go, it really stunk. Because I think for a lot of our fans, it thought was – this is our guy, 2017, cruising along. And then the injury, 2018 was like a weird season where it was a rush to get back, still injured. Uh, you know, he leaves after 2020, long story short. And uh, some things weren't maybe as kosher leaving. That being said, he goes to Indy, has a, a meh season, you know, but it's his first year and, you know, it's a restructured team. Jonathan Taylor kills it. The ownership didn't like him and got rid of him. Uh, he moves on to Washington and had a heck of a game week one uh, against Jacksonville, ironically against his former head coach from the Philadelphia Eagles, Doug Peterson, who is now in charge of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He put up his his 10th highest yardage total in his career in this game. Uh, he tied his career high in touchdown passes in this game. I think overall – he's probably going to really succeed. And I think, again, uh, Jahan Dotson being a young, hungry receiver, Terry McLaurin with a, a legit quarterback, Logan Thomas coming back from injury. It's going to take him a little bit. To, he had a pretty tough injury, and he's not a kid anymore. It's going to take him a minute. Antonio Gibson, who was went from a thing to not a thing, Brian Robinson, we hope you're doing well. We hope you get back soon. Uh, is a thing again after this week. Uh, so suddenly that's a very dynamic offense. Um, you know, again, Jacksonville being Jacksonville, you, you could say whatever you want. But for us here, uh, we looked at our division going three of the teams won, one team didn't, Dallas. But Washington out of those three teams probably looks to be the most uh, aggressive and, and scary on offense. And offenses are led by the quarterback. I think Wentz, just like he did in our league of record, Finished as RQB2. Obviously, you got a couple guys left to go tonight. But at the end of the day, I think he's definitely worth a roster spot if you have a weaker quarterback. And he will be a waiver wire pickup, I think, no matter what, uh, in our league and in a lot of leagues. I mean, super flex right now, if you had him as a QB2, you, you probably did pretty well. I think yeah, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, damn right. Yeah. Congrats on uh, your win. Yeah, Wentz is, is definitely a guy who – you know, even coming into the season, I saw him as as sort of a streaming option. If you if you waited on QB, uh, I know there was a lot of guys. That, you know, I was a real big Trey Lance guy. He looked absolutely terrible in Week One, so uh, there may be some. We'll, we'll see how that we'll see how that shakes out by the end of the season. But Wentz may be a guy who can, <laughs> a guy who can get you through uh, until Lance sort of figures things out. Uh, might be making some claims for Wentz myself in, in a few leagues. There he goes. O.J. Howard, a guy, again, you know, we don't ever really suggest picking up quarterbacks or tight ends, you know, unless something crazy happens and, and a guy just has, you know, a couple games in a row where he's got a ton of targets and just seems to be, you know, a real integral part of an offense. Uh, we're mentioning O.J. Howard because he do he did have two touchdowns on two targets, two receptions. Again, a big guy, a guy that uh, apparently Davis Mills was looking for uh, in the red zone, and uh, you know, if you can get that kind of production again, especially if you're in a standard league where uh, you know you're not getting points for receptions, touchdowns are the way to go. So if they're going to target OJ Howard uh, in and around the end zone, uh, he's not a bad pickup. Well, I kind of agree. And now 
the only thing with that, I, th- I think he's going to get looked at a little bit more. That offense is weird. I'm not saying that you should, again, trade Mark Andrews and pick up Howard and start him at your guy. But uh, again, Brandon Cooks is basically the wide receiver on that team. There isn't a lot of guys that fit as a second. Nico Collins had a meh game. Week one, totally get it. But two catches, 38 yards. So he averaged 19 a catch. Both were touchdowns on two targets. Brevin Jordan's never been able to step up. Uh, Farrell Brown is basically a blocker. Uh, you know, can make, he had a catch for 17 yards. But again, that was a weird game, a little bit of back and forth. I, I kind of think he's going to be a sneaky play. My early is just him ending up on that team and being looked at that quickly. He's got, I Pat, I think he's got top 10 potential for, Q, for uh, tight ends this year. I, just something about it. I, I really feel it. Yeah, well, with two touchdowns, he's probably already halfway there. Uh, it doesn't really take much to break the top ten. But you're right. I mean, if if he is making that much of an impact that soon, then, yeah, I'm sure it's a possibility that, you know, more to come is is likely. Well, when we play Houston in the Super Bowl, I just hope that Josie <laughs> Howard, you know, doesn't tear us up. Right. All right. So uh, another, another guy that we're going to recommend uh, picking up, at least for a week, you know, maybe not even a week, but – uh, Josh Palmer from the Los Angeles Chargers with the Keenan Allen injury timetable being unknown. Palmer's a guy that you can pick up and would be the the wide receiver too there behind Mike Williams. You know, assuming that Keenan Allen doesn't play again, we're not sure if he's going to or not yet at this point. But but Palmer's a guy who, you know, you throw him on the end of your bench and if if Keenan Allen is out, may, maybe you uh, you throw him in your lineup. Maybe you don't. He's not somebody that I'm like like highly going after. But he's definitely a guy who, uh, you know, especially if he makes it through waivers and, and nobody claims him, uh, he's a guy that you could you could stream, uh, you know, at a flex position or a wide receiver two position, depending on, like, if you had Godwin. If you had, good Lord, God forbid you had Godwin and Keenan Allen and Allen doesn't play, uh, yeah, you could you could very easily pick up and play Josh Palmer, and I think you would be, you would be fine with that. And then I'm going to let you talk about our last one because your cheeks are probably already red um, from smiling so much about this, this young man. Uh, go on. <laughs> you um, you definitely called this one early in the season. I mean, it's only week one, but so far I, you I, you were on it. I know, I know. Um, but I do appreciate it. Please go on if you like. Um, <laughs> no, uh, again, mostly I'd say the majority of fantasy football players play PPR points per reception, and there's a young man on the Tennessee Titans, handsome guy. I'm married, no shot. But um, Trevor Burks, uh, he's young, uh, young yeah. guy. What are you talking about? Totally handsome, totally young, totally a rookie. Yes, uh, who had a nice game considering all the ups and downs. A uh, real quick sidebar. Yes, you know, all Traylon Burks doesn't know the playbook. Traylon Burks has asthma. Traylon Burks uh, is running with the third team. Traylon Burks, like everybody, made him out to be like you know, <laughs> almost like the Jamar Chase can't catch because the football's different. And that was like red flags all over the place. Like, wait a minute, this guy's going to be like Jerry Rice. Yeah. Um, had, he had a very nice game for his first game of his career and being a first-round pick, absolutely. Should have won the game. Uh, Randy Bullock, uh, we're not going to go there. Yeah. Um, but Kyle Phillips out of UCLA, six catches. Oh, the other rookie. Oh, yes. Oh, they, they have multiple rookies. They even have a rookie tight end. Um, <laughs> they, they had Kyle Phillips out of UCLA. 
six catches on nine targets, 66 yards, had a big play at the end to get them down to the point that they should have, would have, could have won the game. This kid has Cooper Cup written all over him. I'm sorry. Like, it, it's – I mean, they're both he like blonde. It, folks, I get it. it. <laughs> like, my gosh. Like, you heard it here first. What's that? You heard it here first. Oh, I I, I have him in, <laughs> I think, every league um, that I'm in. And he's one of those guys where people are like, yeah, whatever. And and then you started watching him through training camp, and they were showing him cooking cornerbacks on, like, those joint practices. And I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. But when you watch his moves, and and it's, it's Cooper Cup, it's Hunter Renfro. I know you're not a big fan. Um, yeah. But it's also him and it's Kyle Phillips or these little shifty guys underneath that do the, you know, like it's Talladega Nights. It's shake and bake. Boom. And you just <laughs> see them pop and they come out of the slot and nobody's within like seven yards of them. And people are looking around like, how is this guy open? He has that potential. Tannehill is a veteran quarterback who will look for open guys. Uh, he also had a little bit of a connection in the preseason with Malik Willis, who is waiting in the wings. Uh, I think he's a player. If you're in dynasty right now, get Kyle Phillips, because I really think that he's going to be that kind of a player for down the road. I, I just I love the player. I think he is the next guy that's going to be like that again, as long as he has good quarterback play and Traylon Burks and him will play off of each other very well, almost like. Woods and Cup kind of played off each other a little bit there in the beginning. I, I think you're going to see that kind of happen, and, and he strikes me as that player completely. Yeah, absolutely. He, he definitely looked really good from, from what I saw. All right, so that wraps up our waiver wire segment. There's 11 guys there for you. We're not saying to pick up every single one of them. We're just giving you some suggestions of guys who you know, look just like the, they were Just big the parts. ones I talked about. Don't pick up those <laughs> guys. Don't worry about that. Only the odd guys. Um <laughs> No, we just we, we want to give you some options if you're looking to, you know, you, you should always be looking to improve your roster. Obviously, you're not picking up all of these guys because you probably don't have that many guys to drop. If you got a guy on your team that just, you know, completely disappointed, maybe he was one of those guys that we talked about in the preseason where it was like, hey, let's let's see what happens week one. Let's see you know, what this guy's role in the offense is. And that role ended up being a lot less, uh, you know, than than you were hoping, I guess, when you drafted him. We, we saw as, as maybe being a possibility, you know, I think it's safe to, to drop some of those guys now and uh, go out and grab, you know, especially a guy like Jeff Wilson, like he's more than likely going to be the starter for at least the next couple of weeks. I think, you know, you definitely need to get out and grab him as far as like some of these other guys like Kenyon Drake and things like that. Like we know that JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards are eventually going to come back. Mike Davis may have a bigger role. I'm not huge on Drake, but again, he's getting 11 carries. You know, go ahead and, and pick them up, and and then some of these other guys as you move down the list, put them on your bench. Like I said, see where they see where they fall coming forward, and then um, you know if they if they continue uh, to to kind of rise and and be a bigger part of the offense, then then you found yourself a gem. And if they don't, then you know you just replace them at the end of your bench with somebody else. Let's uh let's get moved into our start sits. I don't want to run out of time because these are sort of our our favorite things to talk about here. The uh, the start sits. Starts. You know what? Let's do this. I will run through my starts, and then you run through your starts, and then I'll run through my sits, and then you run through your sits, and we'll we'll do it that way rather than going back and forth. You are so organized. I appreciate I, it. Thank I you. try. I try. Yeah. It's yeah. the it's the military training, and just seeps into Sorry. everything I do. 
Sir, yes, sir. <laughs> oh, captain, my captain. All right. Um, <laughs> so my start for this week at quarterback is going to be Carson Wentz. Uh, we just talked about picking him up. I think you could pick him up and absolutely play him this week, especially, uh, again, if you're a guy like me who drafted Trey Lance everywhere, Carson Wentz may be in my <laughs> starting lineup in, in quite a few leagues. Uh, this week coming up, uh, we'll have to see. I'll have to check all the matchups and, and see what's what. But uh, Wentz looked really good. And he gets Detroit this week, who gave up 38 points to Philadelphia in week one. Uh, they did make it a game and and kind of made Philly keep the foot on the gas a little bit there. And and I think that if you know Washington can play in that same fashion and Wentz can, can play well and, and can throw a few more touchdowns this week, I think Detroit is going to, you know, their offense is – decent i mean they're they're not great but they're good and and i think that detroit is going to surprise people and and win a few games and it honestly wouldn't surprise me if they won this game but i do think that it uh it has a potential to be a pretty high scoring game and so i'm going to start carson wentz versus the lions this week uh, my running back start of the week is going to be kareem hunt i also picked kareem hunt last week but uh, he's one of those guys who he's the one B, I guess of the that running back group and so a lot of people are scared to start him but he showed again this week that you know, again, looking at fantasy points per game, I said this in the preseason, he actually outscores uh, Nick Chubb for his career as far as fantasy points per game. Kareem Hunt is just a, an outstanding athlete, and when he touches the ball, uh, he just does explosive things with it. So I think against the Jets this week, the Browns with a good defense should be ahead, should be running the ball, and in the second half, it seems like that's when Hunt does most of his damage. So I could see Kareem Hunt getting 12 to 15 carries, a couple catches out of the backfield, and, and being very RB2 flex worthy again this week for your team. My wide receiver start is going to be Hunter Renfro. As much as uh, I hate saying that, uh, they go up against the, the Raiders, go up against the Arizona Cardinals this week. Renfro is a guy who did surprise me with the number of targets that he got. I, I was surprised that, I mean, Adams had, I think, 17 or something like that, some crazy number, which after the, the 19 target. Week one that Darren Waller had last year this is kind of what I was worried about for for Hunter Renfro as far as his season long outlook. But the first week he he had a decent game, and I think against Arizona, uh, it's going to sort of be the way the Arizona Kansas City game was this this past week, where both teams are going to score. Uh, I don't think that Las Vegas's defense is as good as Kansas City's, and uh, I think Arizona is going to score, and Las Vegas is going to have to keep up. And I can see Renfro getting, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of seven, eight targets, and and catching most of them the way that he does, and and possibly getting into the end zone this week. So I think he's a good start, especially in your PPR leagues. Uh, start of the week at tight end for me is going to be Evan Ingram. He didn't have a great game uh, week one versus Washington, but he was, I think, second on the team in targets and. He's an athletic guy. I, I think that there's a chance, uh, especially against Indianapolis, who last year was one of the worst teams in the league against the tight end position. Uh, they also, again, gave up two touchdowns to O.J. Howard, who like literally just walked into the Texans' locker room, I think, on game day and put his his uniform on for the first <laughs> time and somehow caught two touchdowns. So I'm not saying uh, Ingram's going to have two touchdowns, but I do think that there's a possibility that uh, you know against that, that Colts defense that just for whatever reason, bleeds points to the tight end. I think you could do worse than Evan Ingram this week if you were looking to stream a tight end or uh, you know, play a, a cheap tight end option in like a DFS league or something like that. And my start of the week at the defense position is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not really much of a surprise considering what they did to Cincinnati this past week, at least for the first three quarters of that game. The Steelers' defense was completely dominant. With New England's situation, their offense not looking too great uh, last week. 
the Mac Jones injury, uh, not even knowing if he's going to be the starter. You know, they may have, end up having a backup quarterback. New England doesn't have a ton of talent on offense. They have a bunch of like good players, but they don't have any like really great players. And I think that uh, it's going to be difficult for them to move the ball and score against the Steelers. And uh, if if Brian Hoyer's in there or an injured Mac Jones is in there, the, I think the Steelers uh, have an opportunity to to really kind of tee off on those non-mobile quarterbacks and, and get quite a few sacks and and maybe a few turnovers. All right. I'm looking to start this week. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins against the Philadelphia Eagles. Not that Jared Goff had the greatest game in the world, but the Eagles' defense showed that they could bleed some points. They did have a pick six. Uh, and Goff is a bit of a mannequin, but Kirk Cousins coming off a, you know, a, a very nice game against the Green Bay Packers. Again, not a vaunted defense, but 23 of 32, 277, two touchdowns. And that wide receiver of Justin Jefferson, who a lot of people have him pegged as the best in the league. A lot of people drafted him in a top five pick. Uh, he showed up nine catches, buck 84, two touchdowns. Maybe they caught Green Bay sleeping. I don't know. But Kirk Cousins has been great. Uh, he's had some of his best career totals against the Eagles, both as a uh, member of Washington and also at the Vikings. To me, uh, I, I think he's really going to be a, a guy that could be – he's got top five potential. If the Eagles' defense rallies their wagons, maybe not so much so. But I, I think he's definitely worthy of a start. He's definitely a top-ten quarterback this week. Moving on quickly to Antonio Gibson. We talked briefly, uh, speaking of Washington, that Brian Robinson not being a factor in the backfield and J.D. McKissick playing a second role. Uh, Antonio Gibson had a terrific game. Uh, Carson Wentz seemed to get him involved. Obviously, the running is not his, but in the passing game, uh, he definitely was involved. He had a flat 20 points in our league of record, PPR, of course. Uh, seven catches for 72 yards, 58 on the ground. A touchdown would have propelled him uh, into top five category. Next, I like Christian Kirk. I think he's going to really be what they thought he was, uh, the wide receiver one against the Indianapolis Colts this week. Uh, he did have a nice game. Six catches, a buck 17, just missed out on a touchdown. 12 targets from Trevor Lawrence, who is going to be looking to spread the ball all over the field. His college roommate slash buddy, uh, Travis Etienne, don't know if they're roommates, was second fiddle to James Robinson. So he isn't as much involved in that offense as we thought. I think that overall, uh, again, Christian Kirk is being paid to be that guy. So he is going to get the targets. He is the wide receiver one. Uh, Marvin Jones, only six targets. Zay Jones had nine. So you combine those two, 15, still the, the lion's share goes to Kirk. And I think he's that guy. Following up with our tight end. My pick this week is Gerald Everett. Uh, I think with the Keenan Allen injury, that's going to be a pretty decent factor. Uh, I think Justin Herbert really got him involved quickly yesterday. He had some really big plays for them. Chain movers, three catches, 54 yards, had a touchdown, three catches on four targets. He averaged 18 yards a catch. So, again, if you're getting bonuses for maybe 20 yards, 15 yards a catch, anything like that, He's a guy to keep in mind. You're looking at DeAndre Carter, Gerald Everett, Mike Williams, and Josh Palmer are going to kind of round out that wide receiver core. Obviously, Austin Eckler out of the backfield. So for a tight end, uh, I think this week that Everett against Kansas City that always likes to bleed points. Zach Ertz had a nice game against them, even though they smoked the Cardinals this week, is that guy. And Everett's former team, I'm going to talk about for my defense, 
Seattle. Um, they have yet to play. They have to play. And they'll be on a short week, and I don't care. Uh, they have yet to play against the Denver Broncos tonight in a in a homecoming, in a sense, in a weird way with Russell Wilson. But I don't like Trey Lance. Uh, Pat, I know you do. I, I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think it's going to take a long time for him to maybe develop into anything. And I think coming out of week one, a little shell shock in a tough weather game, I hear that. Okay, that's fine. Uh, the running back being – Banged up now, suddenly Lance is going to be have that much more pressure on him. Does he need a haircut? Yes, he does. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Seattle really will take it to him. And I, I think Seattle could win the game because they're defensive. They get enough turnovers. All right, let's move on to our sits for this week. Uh, it was it was hard for me to find a, a, a quarterback sit because it was a lot of it was just obvious. Like you're just not starting. Like it seemed like all the good quarterbacks played fairly bad defenses. Uh, the only one that I found that, that kind of, uh, I guess from watching the game kind of turned me off a little bit. And, and my sit for this week is going to be Aaron Rodgers against the Chicago bears. Uh, bears defense looked pretty good against San Francisco. I, again, I know that that was, you know, it was like a monsoon that they were playing in and uh, that, that probably had a little bit to do with it, but uh, Aaron Rodgers did not look in like in sync with any of his wide receivers this week. They just, I mean, Christian Watson, the first play of the game, just dropped a what would have been a probably a seventy-five yard touchdown. You know, with no Devontae Adams, uh, it, it's the Chicago Bears have a pretty good run defense to to kind of match up with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Rodgers is going to have to get to the drawing board quickly with these wide receivers. Now, Alan Lazard could come back, which I think would be a little bit of a boost to Rodgers, but. I, you know, he's a guy who, if I, if I had him on my team, I, I, you know, maybe would pick up a guy like Carson Wentz or something like that and start him over Rogers because I don't think that, uh, uh, it just, it didn't look it, nothing looked in sync in that offense. So a guy you just mentioned is going to be my sit of the week at the running back position, Travis Etienne versus Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis last year was the third best team against the running back position. As far as fantasy points allowed, uh, Etienne sh- wasn't really all that involved in week one, four carries and four targets, you know, not as much a part of the offense as I thought that he was going to be. Now that may change as they move forward, but you know, it's, it's not a good sign. And I definitely would not feel comfortable or confident starting ETN versus a pretty decent defense in the Indianapolis Colts this week. My sit of the week for wide receiver is going to be Amari Cooper. Again, we spoke about Donovan Peoples-Jones leading the team in targets. Cooper, again, is going to be drawing the New York Jets' best cornerback for the most part, which is Sauce Gardner, who uh, quietly actually had a a pretty decent game. Uh, A lot of the damage that was done against the uh, defensive backs in uh, by the Baltimore Ravens was was not aimed at uh, Gardner. And I, and I believe Gardner is going to be on Cooper for most of that game. So I'm not really loving his outlook. Plus, I expect this to be a pretty low-scoring defensive-type battle with uh, Jacoby Brissett at the helm and the Cleveland defense being a, a pretty good, a solid defensive unit. So a uh, low-scoring game, good cornerback usually doesn't work out very well for a team's number one wide receiver. I'm also going to sit Austin Hooper. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Austin Hooper actually only had one target in this uh, game against the Giants this week. Not encouraging at all. Uh, like you said, uh, with the rookies, uh, they seem to get uh, a lot of the uh, the looks from Ryan Tannehill. Austin Hooper didn't even finish first on his team in tight end targets. 
So, you know, for me, I'm just, I'm not really willing to put Austin Hooper in my lineup, especially against a defense as good as the Buffalo Bills after the week that he had in week one. And my sit of the week for my defense is going to be the Chargers. Uh, they looked pretty good against the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday, but they get Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs this week. And we saw what Mahomes did. Uh, you know, I, I think he must have heard that I, I had him ranked down at eight on the season and uh, basically just gave me the finger and was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the quarterback one, by the way. Um, don't you ever forget that. So uh, through five touchdown passes. Uh, against now, Arizona's defense is not what the Chargers were, and the Chargers were really good against the pass last year, so I don't see uh, another five-touchdown performance from Mahomes, but you know there was kind of this thought process that with Tyreek Hill gone, Mahomes may even be a little bit better in the fact that he is, isn't really looking for just one guy. He really can see the whole field and, and just kind of pick the defense apart, and it sure looked like that's what he did on Sunday against the Cardinals. So I would be hard-pressed to, to start any defense against Kansas City at this point in time. All right, uh, we're going to move on to my sits, and it's pretty straightforward. Tom Brady, sit down. Um, you're not going to play this week because you're playing the New Orleans Saints. They have had, uh, let's take a peek, oh, I don't know, 28 sacks in nine games against you. Um, I, I remember vividly uh, ended the year with a, with a banged-up team that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played the Saints. And they just they own they seem like they own Brady almost like the way the NFC East owns him in Super Bowls. It just if you get pressure on him, that makes him not as functional. But when he has time, he's got that quick release. They talked about it last night. 0.3 seconds, boom, get the ball out, all that stuff. I, I just see him struggling. He didn't have a phenomenal game last night. Uh, that defense won that football game. We all saw that. So I think Tom Brady is definitely not worthy of a start. Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, R2 starts for this week could definitely do uh, a lot better for your team. Next, we're going to talk about my running back, David Montgomery, who is my running back on a couple of my teams. I also have his handcuff, Khalil Herbert. They're going against Green Bay this week, who got embarrassed by Minnesota. Uh, that's not the way you start a division. You go against another division opponent in Chicago this week. David Montgomery, I think he's going to have a tough time. Khalil Herbert looked like the better running back. He seems a little younger, a little fresher. Uh, again, there was some bad weather involved in that game, and it was San Francisco who has one of the top defenses, if not one of the best uh, best in the league. Um, again, it was a tough game for him, but I see now that timeshare and all that stuff starting to factor in. I think you could do better than David Montgomery. I hate to say it. I, I can't in some of my leagues. Uh, Drake London, you had a nice game week one. I think it was seven catches, 74 yards, first game. You, you know, Of course, pushing Kyle Pitts out and making their owners freak out. Um, Guess what? You're going to have to play against the Los Angeles Rams. Super Bowl champs coming off of a really tough home game opening night against, uh, you know, uh, the Buffalo Bills that just ate the quarterback alive and all that. Defensively, they did get carved up. Um, Buffalo and Atlanta are as polar opposite as an offense as you can get. And for some reason, I think Jalen Ramsey has a little something to prove. I can't say that he may be shadowing, but – I think he's going to be hungry enough and intimidate the heck out of this kid, and he has no shot this week to be a viable option. He should be on your bench this week. I'd be very surprised if he w was a top 25, top 30 wide receiver uh, in fantasy this week. Logan Thomas uh, just made his way back from injury and, and had a reasonable game. Uh, you know, looked like he could get back to his former self. 
the reason I'm saying that you shouldn't get interested in or itchy to start him with Carson Wentz and think that maybe he's got a shot. They're playing Detroit. Now you say, yeah, right, whatever. Um, just watching the game last week, Dallas Goddard did not have a great game. Again, I'm not high on him as a tight end, but uh, their pass rush, although they didn't get to Hurts a lot, they made that offensive line that's arguably the best in the league look pedestrian a lot during that game. Jalen Hurts had to tuck and run a lot. You could say it's the quarterback. You could say whatever. But I think that Logan Thomas is going to be in there more for blocking purposes than anything else. Could he make a couple plays? Sure. Uh, is he going to get you more than five, maybe six points this week? I highly doubt it. I think he's going to be in there to block. He's going to protect that quarterback. Uh, you're going to see McKissick. You're going to see Gibson, those guys underneath. They'll run some jet sweeps with Dotson and 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 you know things like that, Curtis Samuel. But uh, Logan Thomas, I would stay away. Don't get interested just yet. Let him build his strength up, and this is a bad matchup against Detroit. Finally, my sit on defense is the Chicago Bears. You are playing your owner this week, Aaron Rodgers. He owns Chicago. We know that. He told them. And coming off of last week, you know, getting reacclimated, a new offense, like you just said, Christian Watson dropping passes, things like that. I think that they probably get themselves back in sync. David Bakhtari was out. Uh, you know, that that's a big thing to be missing your, your bodyguard on those levels. And I think right from the jump, they just jumped all over Green Bay and, and weren't scared. Uh, the Chicago team, a little bit different. Uh, again, you beat San Fran, but you beat them because of a bad quarterback and bad weather. Uh, this time around, I, I cannot see Chicago exceeding expectations. This strikes me as an Aaron Rodgers, you know what, revenge, get myself right type of game, 333, three touchdowns, you know, that type of a game. So Chicago, sorry, there's no way on God's green earth you're going to start on my team uh, as my defense this week. So you don't agree with my Aaron Rodgers start then or my Aaron Rodgers sit this week, huh? You think he's going to blow the Bears up? Yes, sir. Uh, I just can't <laughs> yes, imagine. I can't imagine back-to-back -back weeks of him just poo-pooing it. And I know people are like, obviously, he needed uh, Adams more than – but Alan Lazard, you know, people were like, yeah, whatever about him. But Lazard not being on the field, uh, Sammy Watkins new to the team. Yeah, you got Randall Cobb, uh, Romeo Dalbs, Dubes, as I like to say, uh, is actually going to be probably the best wide receiver on the team. But, you know, it's going to take a minute – and again, Watson disappointing with that drop, just kind of pushed everything. You can see the running backs getting used. Even if they game plan, you know, Rodgers may not be a monster, but at the end of the day, I, I feel like he's going to be. And the running backs can make the plays, both out of the backfield, catching and running. I just can't see back-to-back -back weeks. Uh, Justin Fields, I think, is going to have a nice game, you know, but at the end of the day, Green Bay's not going to drop back-to-back -back division games. I think that Again, I think A.A. Ron is going to just tear them up. I'd be stunned if, if he had another bad game. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our episode this week. Uh, hopefully, we uh, were able to give you some good waiver wire pickups and some good start sets. We try to, uh, same as last year, we try to keep these start sets with some guys that uh, you know you may be on the fence with. And, uh, you know, even in some cases when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, two of the best to ever do it, maybe not necessarily guys you're on the fence with, but guys maybe that you should be thinking uh, about sitting uh, potentially in your league. So uh, hopefully we were able to give you some good information. Again, please feel free uh, to contact us on Twitter or on our email. Again, we are at the nine route one on Twitter and at Scott from Delco on Twitter. Our email address is the nine route FFB 
at gmail.com. You can email us with any questions that you might have, anything that you want to uh, hear on the on the show, and we'll we'll try to get that on there for you as well. And if you just have a general, you know, start sick question, or should I pick this guy up, or should I play this guy, whatever, uh, shoot us an email or, or hit us up on Twitter. We are always happy to answer your questions for you. And, uh, you know, that's what we're here for. We, we want to help you win some fantasy championships. And, you know, it doesn't start necessarily in week one or week two, but you do start to build that foundation. So uh, we, we do look forward to hearing from you all. Scott, do you have anything before we uh, we get out of here for the day? Um, you know, uh, again, Pat, like you said, hey, feel free. I know at the nine route is our, our normal Twitter handle. At Scott from Delco, feel free. Shoot me a, a question. I wouldn't mind answering, getting a little involved other than scrolling through all the uh, political quagmires on Twitter and everything else in between. But at the end of the day, uh, Mickey's and Tuckerton, appreciate you guys. Uh, I know you, uh, you're kind of our uh, unofficial uh, sponsor, uh, so to speak. And again, we do appreciate you guys have great food, uh, great atmosphere, great drinks. The owner's the best. And we appreciate you for, for being on board and listening and supporting us as well. Maybe try to get you a, an autographed jersey there as well someday. But at the end of the day, we appreciate everybody listening and we just love doing this. And, you know, we look forward to talking to you again next week uh, with week three. Good luck this week, everybody. And we'll see you then. Peace.